This is the Friday, February 11th edition of the Daily Wager Podcast. We'll get you in and out in less than 10 minutes like we always do. And we have a Super Bowl flavor. Welcome to the Daily Wager Podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. I'm Doug Kazarian, joined on this Friday by Aaron Dolan. And happy Super Bowl weekend to you, Aaron. Happy Super Bowl weekend. I can't believe we're finally wrapping this up. It feels like we should have done this last week, but, you know, had that extra (laughs) regular season game, so it's kind of shaking things up. No, it's very true. 18 weeks for the first time in a long, long time. But um, I want to first just talk about the game, and basically I've had nothing to really share. I could see either team winning. I could see an under and over. Obviously, that's the case most of the time, but it really, for me, it's all about the props because I do not have a firm opinion on the side or total. Yeah, I mean, I lean towards the under for this game. I was hoping to see it get bet up a little bit back to what it opened up at at 50 and a half. And I do like the Bengals, I guess, at plus four and a half if I'm going to take them with the points. But I don't feel comfortable really betting the Bengals' money line just considering how good the Rams' defense is. But the Bengals have been great at covering the spread. So those are kind of my two leans in terms of the side in total. All right, so let's talk about a few props, and we'll get into some tonight's action, but it is Super Bowl weekend, so I feel like props are, you know, warranted. I would say, first things first, I think my favorite prop, you probably should know the answer to this, right? I would say the longest field goal is going to be longer than the longest touchdown. Okay. So it's minus 130. So basically, you know, I have to fade a special teams touchdown. I have to fade a long pick six or scoop and score, something along those lines, or a bomb. Because a field goal is going to be between like 45 and 52 or something, right? The over-under for longest field goal in the game is 47 and a half. So you're looking at between 42 and 52, and I think we're going to have a touchdown. Inside of that is the longest one. So I said the longest field goal will be of long or more yards than the longest touchdown. Okay, I like that. In terms of field goals, I like the Bengals to be the team with the most field goals made. I also like Bengals over one and a half made field goals. Um, McPherson over seven and a half kicking points. That's juice too much, which is why I'm looking at the Bengals over one and a half made field goals. I mean, McPherson has been dominant for the Bengals. He's, you know, actually accounting for more points than touchdowns in, the, in every single postseason game. He's at 40 points, just four being extra points in this past three games, which is pretty wild. So I think they might have to rely on him a lot, especially if the Rams defense continues to shut their offensive line down. Yeah, McPherson's the toast of the town. I uh, talked to one odds maker this week. And he said he cannot remember being this liable on a kicker on, uh, <laughs> on the MVP, which was like 150 or 200 to one. The bunch of bets on this guy. There's never been a kicker who's won the Super Bowl MVP in the game's history. What about just the um, like the marquee players? Any anybody catch your yeah. eye in terms of like the quarterback, receivers, whatever? Yes, I like Joe Burrow under 11 and a half rushing yards. I talked about this a few times on Daily Wager, it feels like, but he is coming off a season high 25 rushing yards against the Kansas City Chiefs last, or I should say two weeks ago at this point. Um, Eight rushing yards per game is what he averages. So I do feel like his prop at 11 and a half is a little bit high for him. Usually this is around seven yards, six and a half posted for his rushing yards. Again, I know he's coming off a great game where he had 25 rushing yards, but that was against the Chiefs, and their you know defensive line was able to allow players to rush. I don't think the Rams are going to be able to allow him to kind of take off there. They're only uh, the Rams' defense allowing 3.3 rushing yards to opposing quarterbacks per game. So I do like Burrow under rushing yards. So I'm all about Cooper Cup in this game, and I realize that the public will bet over, blah, blah, blah. The guy's – Guy got a regular season MVP vote. The guy is always open. He's a <laughs> yes. huge part of the Rams offense and is just 
awesome, and he's Stafford's security blanket. Let me put it this way. So his, his over-under yards is about 105 and a half. He played in 17 games this year in the regular season. 16 of those games, he went over 92 yards. Wow. So his, his floor is like 92, just because he's always open and they throw the ball and they'll find him. Now, the one game he went way under was when they were blown out, and then the first playoff game, also against Arizona, they were blowing them out, and then he had no yards. But the other two playoff games that were relatively competitive, he went way over 105 and a half. So I just feel he's a focal point, and I understand he's a focal point for the defense, but you know what? Defense has been trying to stop him all season. just didn't happen. So I like mm-hmm. it, and I actually like MVP for him. If you can get like plus 650 or better. Yeah. Right now he's 7-1 to one at William Hill. I do think he's a big enough name as a wide receiver that let's say he's like a buck 50 and one touchdown, and Stafford has two touchdowns, one of which mm-hmm. the cup. I think he can get it if he makes a lot of third down conversions, which he did against the Niners. So I feel he's pivotal enough. I think the, the, the index – betting has really just like skewed towards like Aaron Donald and some of the bigger payouts. Mm-hmm. And I think there's actually value at a guy like seven to one a cup for that matter. For sure. I know that uh, Caesars had talked about this either in emails this week or last week with Aaron Donald being one of the favorites to, you know, win this award potentially. But I also think, and you brought this up yesterday on the show, just everybody's talking about the narratives that surround this, of course, because we have to create so much content. And so we have to talk about this for two weeks, but at the same time, like, you had made a good point that Cincinnati, they haven't allowed Joe Burrow to be sacked as badly as he was against the Titans. And I feel like everybody's kind of running with that narrative there. And kind of that's why we're seeing all these defensive props so juiced. Baron right. Donald. Right. All right. So let's get to tonight's card because obviously people can consume this content everywhere, but they need some action tonight. Anything in the NBA? We have uh, seven games tonight. Obviously, the aftermath of the big trades and trade yes. deadline deals, not just Philly and Brooklyn, but other teams also got mm-hmm. some moving parts. Um, nothing I love for, for me. I'm looking at the Celtics first half just because they've been world beaters the yes. last 10 games or so. But other than that, nothing truly stands out. I like Boston first quarter minus one and a half against the Nuggets. The Celtics 15 and six straight up in their last 21 games. They've covered six straight first quarter spreads, nine and two ATS in the last 11 opening quarters. So I do like them to jump out to that start. Uh, the Sixers game, uh, I like Lou Dort to go under two and a half made threes. He's really stepped up in the absence of Shea Gilgis-Alexander and really been able to put up some threes. But on a team like the Sixers that rank third uh, in defending three-pointers allowed, I don't see that happening. And then one other play that stood out to me, um, the Spurs. They're 6-1 and one ATS in the first quarter. In the last seven games, they've covered five straight opening quarters. They're plus two and a half right now against the Hawks. So I am going to take those three plays. All right, so you like the uh, derivatives market quite a bit. Yes, the reason I, I do. went half with no uh, with uh, Boston is because I think Jokic plays more minutes in the first than he does the second quarter. So I think he just subs at the very end of the first and sits out the first four okay. minutes or so of the second. So that's my thought process because there is such a drop off between him on and off the court. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I'm going to be writing a piece for .com about how odds makers uh, view the MVP race. Like who's the most impactful on a in a vacuum to the yeah. point spread. Uh, when one guy's out or so and the market has to move. So things like that. So we'll dive into that. But it's about the Super Bowl this weekend. Aaron, thank you. I will see you later today, 6 Eastern on ESPN2. Thanks to everyone. And uh, best of luck to everyone. So we're on tonight. And then we're also on Sunday, 11 a.m. Eastern as well. Thank you again. And uh, have a great weekend, everyone. Good luck. 